Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're super excited. We are taking on a worthwhile endeavor at Life Success and Legacy. Our intention is to honor Nelson Nash, the man, as well as the infinite banking concept. We're going to create a series of resources, including podcasts and text, as a resource for others who want to truly understand with depth and clarity what Nelson shared in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, as well as the many seminars and think tanks that we were fortunate to have attended during his life. So who is this intended audience? Well, we will use Nelson Nash's own words. It is written for the layman, not for financial advisors, but all life agents should be thoroughly knowledgeable of its content and practice. So whether you are an individual, part of a family, a business owner, or a life insurance agent, this is for you. So sit back, relax, and we will walk you through becoming your own banker step-by-step so you can reference the parts you want to revisit at your own pace. And we might have a little fun along the way. Welcome back uh, to Life Success and Legacy Podcast. My name is Chris Bay, joined my, my friend, business partner, and goof around buddy, Mike Everett. Uh, <laughs> Good shout afternoon. Out. <laughs> We're gearing up for a celebration of Independence Day, the 4th of July, coming up this weekend. Uh, which will probably have passed by the time this gets posted by our very talented uh, buddy, Michael Crawford. Shout out to Michael Crawford in the background who records, produces, and does all makes all this stuff happen. Uh, we appreciate him so much. For those of you who are joining us, um, we are going to dig today into the problem. And we are in the fifth edition mm -hmm. of Nelson Nash's book on page 17. And this section of the book really spoke to me because it was our life. We were fighting the problem. We were fighting the headwind uh, when we get into the wind current. And, um, mm. and, and Nelson does start to share some uh, numbers uh, in this. And let's just be real. This was written 20 years ago. It was written back in 2000. So numbers change. Interest rates change. Um, rates on CDs change. All this stuff changes. Um, but don't lose the forest for the trees. Don't get hung up. We're, we're talking a couple sections back on imagination. Don't get caught up on crunching numbers. That is not, not the point here. The point no. here is to think conceptually about what does it mean if you control your own banking function? And essentially, we're, most of us, if not all of us, are fighting this headwind. And um, Nelson starts out with um, a, a section from Scripture, from the Bible. He says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? That's from John 5, 6. And that has really stuck out to me. Um, do we want to get well? There is a problem that we're all facing, and there is help for us. But that guy who was sitting there crippled by the side of the, the healing water pool, Jesus didn't come up and say, hey, can I help you to the water? Because the guy had been there a long time. Many people had walked by him. Jesus said, do you want to get well? And I think that's really the question for us when we start digging into this problem is, do we want to get financially well? Mike Everett, we're ready to jump into this thing. Um, 
you have taught this problem as nelson explains it um i can't thousands <laughs> thousands of times so um let's jump into this and, and kind of paint a picture for us of what nelson's talking about with the problem well first of all uh, you know the 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 biggest misconception of the problem is people think to do infinite banking you got to have a bunch of money which is absolutely 100 percent not true um I, i'm going to read this little part right here it says and remember, Nelson wrote this book in 2000, but he says, I build these scenarios around the all-American family because I don't want people to think that you have to be rich to create a banking system that can handle all of your needs for finance. So this particular section, this young man is 29 years old and is making about 28.5 a year after taxes, which is That's not a whole... That's twenty-eight thousand five hundred. Just, just to be clear with people, and we have clients who are in that category. So, literally, what is he doing with his after-tax income? That's really the bottom line, and and so he 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 goes into an example. And really what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to walk through what people are really doing in the midst of all of this. So we're, we're buying cars. So 20% of the money that you and I are going to do with after tax dollars is going to be spent on automobiles. That's the purchase of the car. That's your insurance. That's your gas. That's your uh, maintenance. All of that. And then 30% is going to be spent on housing. That's once again, that's the purchase of your house, that's uh, your insurance, your maintenance, maintenance costs, et cetera, et cetera. And then 40% is actually gonna be spent on living expenses. So what are living expenses? That's our charitable donations, our eating out, that's our um, clothing allowance, that's your, uh, all of the payments that you're sending to elsewhere. Uh, so think about this, uh, your vacations and all of that. And then all of a sudden you've got your uh, savings. So keep in mind, that means that there's 20% going to cars and autos, 30% and 40% to living expenses. Nelson said it's actually 45, but what he did was he took 5% off of there. And he said, you know what? people are saving 10% of their income. He knows that people are not saving 10% of their income, but what he wanted to do was he wanted to, he wanted to fall on the favor of the individual. So keep in mind, the numbers are going to be just slightly skewed. Now, I'm gonna go back to automobiles. Um, you and I learned how to buy cars one of two ways, we either saved up money for three or four years and paid cash, or we financed the automobile. Believe it or not, part of the problem is 25% of the money that you and I are gonna spend on our automobiles over our lifetime is going to be spent on interest alone. So 
Here's a great example. So you go out, usually homes have two or three cars, but one of them is usually financed. Well, if one of them is being financed and you get that thing paid off, what do most normal families do? They go ahead and take the one that's not financed, trade it in and they refinance it. And now this is an ongoing problem for your entire life. Some of you who are listening to this can totally relate to this. Some of you who are listening to this don't have one car financed, but you have two or more cars financed. So these numbers are very, very conservative. Now we're gonna move to housing. 85% of the money that you and I are gonna spend on our homes is going to be spent on interest. That's if you don't refinance or sell the home in the first seven years. If you do one of those two things, that interest number goes higher. It actually goes over 90%. So think about how many homes that you've been in or how many times you've refinanced your home in the first five to seven years. And many, many, many people do this. You know, all of a sudden interest rates go down two or 3%. You go refinance the house because you can save $150 a month. We all have done this. Um, by the way, the name of this section is the problem. That is a problem, but yet everybody does it. And it's not because you want to do this. It's just that this is what generations before us have doing. Those are the people that we work with too. Everybody's doing this. So it just makes sense. So You've got 25% being spent on interest for cars and purchases of cars and all of that. You got 85% of the money that you're gonna spend on your homes. And then you have your living expenses. This is your property casualty insurance, your charitable donation, et cetera, et cetera. Eating out, buy stuff you're buying for your kids and your family that are gonna be spent on credit card debt. So Nelson says that 34.5% of your after-tax dollars are gonna be spent on what? It's gonna be spent on interest alone. So in order for us to get, <coughs> excuse me, to get a, a, a really sound picture of what this looks like, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a look at the interest that people are spending against the savings that people are not doing. So keep in mind that people are spending money on interest and people are not saving the 10% that Nelson, and he wants to take a look at this in the airplane world. So we use an example, uh, we're gonna fly from Kansas City to St. Louis. Nelson, I think Nelson uses from Birmingham to Chicago. And it really would make more sense if we would do Birmingham to Chicago because we're always talking about uh, highs and lows and north winds and south winds. But since I live in the Kansas City area, Lawrence, Kansas, we always use Kansas City. So we're going to fly from Kansas City to St. Louis. Now, airplanes go through a number of different environments. Sometimes they're against the wind. Sometimes they're with the wind. Sometimes there's no wind at all. 
in the first example, what we're going to do is we're going to fly into a 345 mile an hour wind. Now, keep in mind, our airplane only goes 100 miles an hour. The 100 miles an hour represents the 10% savings with the decimal point kicked out. It represents nothing more than you and I working. Keep in mind, it's just us working. But in this example, we're flying into a 345 mile an hour wind. That's the 34.5% that we're spending on interest. So if our airplane goes 100 miles an hour and we're flying into a 345 mile an hour wind, guess what? We're going backwards. We're going to Denver, Colorado, and we're going there very, very quickly. So at one point in time, and we've all done this, by the way, we turn around and we, we, we say, you know what? This is not working. Now, keep in mind, I was 50 years old 15 years ago when this, when this jumped into my life. I called my financial representative and I said, hey, I said, why am I 50 years old? And none of these things that uh, are working out in my financial life. So what ends up happening is we all do this at one point in time in our lives and we go, you know what? There's got to be a better way. So the financial person will turn around and they'll call you back a couple of days later and say, you know what? I was able to get you an additional 5% on your portfolio. And in all reality, you're thinking, this is part of the thinking, the noise that we hear all the time in our financial world, this is going to work. Well, so in this particular example, we were going 100 miles an hour and we were flying into a 345 mile an hour wind. So if you get an additional 5% on your portfolio, that means that your airplane is going 105 miles an hour and you're still flying into a 340 mile an hour wind. Do you see that that will never ever work? So Nelson uses an example in the book about interest rates and volume. So I'm gonna read this right out of Nelson's book. This is on page 17. When you go to a doctor's office to get a shot of some kind, the criteria is not the rate at which the medicine is injected into you. It's the volume. Too little and it won't do any good. Too much and it can kill you. So in this particular example, it has everything to do with the volume. So if there was a chance that we could start to look at the volume of the interest that you're spending on everything that you're already financing, the 34 and a half percent. I'm trying to bring this into a picture for people who are listening to this podcast. Most of us, if we're investing in a 401k, an IRA or a mutual funds, what would be a reasonable rate of return before taxes? It would be, it would be, um, uh, it would be eight to 10% before taxes. Now, most of us would be tickled with that. 
But here's what we're trying to show you. If there was a chance that we could create a system or a strategy where you could actually get the 34 and a half percent, would you care about the eight to 10 percent that you were getting on your portfolio? You would not. So it has everything to do with the volume of interest that you would have on your side of the fence. Now, we've only hit on going against the wind current. What would happen if there was no wind current at all? We're still going to fly from Kansas City to St. Louis, but our airplane still goes 100 miles an hour, but we're not, we don't have a headwind. We don't have a tailwind. So if that were true, then really we've got a situation where everybody is paying cash for everything that they're purchasing. In this particular example, this is a group of people that really truly think this is as good as it can get. So part of what we want people to understand, it's way better than the previous example, but yet here's the example where you are now getting to control a little bit more of the volume instead of any of the rates or rates of return that you would you would be spending on stuff that you have financed it's way way better than the previous example but there is a better way we're still going to fly from kansas city to st louis so by the way this is all on page 17 and 18 in your book it is part of the problem that we are trying to get people to understand this is why you need a coach because we will help you walk through all of these different rates of return actually or the volume that you can that you can control so we're going to move to the infinite banking uh concept option so we're still going to fly from kansas city to st louis our airplane is still going 100 miles an hour that's you and i working we're not having to work any harder but what would happen if all of a sudden we put the 345 miles an hour behind us? That means that what we're doing is we are not stealing the peas or we're actually creating a situation where we are still paying back what we have utilized in our system. And we've hit on a number of the examples, but then all of a sudden you can see that by creating a system where you could pay yourself the money that you were already spending on the interest or the against the wind situation, then what you're doing is you're gonna get there a whole lot quicker. And that in itself is truly creating the opportunity for you create to create the volume that you want in the cash flow that's already flowing through your system. Chris? I'm super, um, super reminded about um, the volume of interest that we face. Um, when you look at in the first five years, as you mentioned, Mike, the first five years of a mortgage, around 86% of our payments goes to interest. It and does. then on the car examples, Nelson says, even if you went for a full four years on that car loan, you're going to be you're going to be losing 20 percent of it to interest. And then you look at the yep. credit card rates and all that. And so 
when you look at that the average American is losing 34.5% of their net income, net income, that's after taxes, right? Yeah. So let's break this down. First of all, we're losing 30 to 40% of taxes off the top. When you look at, at income tax, property tax, mm -hmm. sales tax, you're looking at 30 to 40% of your income is gone. Yep. Then on top of that, for average America, you add another 34.5% that is going to interest on their debt, right? And then let's mm -hmm. say that they're trying to save 5%, they're contributing 5% to a, to a work 401k, What's left is very minimal, and that's exactly what you described and Nelson described as the headwind. With our clients, what they're doing is starting to learn how to turn the wind current on their debt first. We want yep. to get that 34.5% flowing their direction where they get to reuse that money. Is there any investment out there, any safe investment where we're getting 34.5% return? There is no. not. So nope. that's why we always focus on turning the wind current on especially consumer debt to begin with. And again, yeah. Nelson doesn't say this in the book, but typically for our clients, that's somewhere in the range of three to eight years that we're turning the wind current on all of their debt and turning yep. those payments their direction where they get to reuse it. Th that hmm. volume piece, and I appreciate you touching on that because that volume piece is so, so important. Um, for people to understand because how many times do we hear people say I got a really good rate interest rate you know I got I got oh, all the time well yeah but you're paying that interest for a long long time and it's all about the volume um, Nelson says here and I'm skipping ahead a little bit here to the second column on page 18 the the second to the last um, paragraph there's two parts that I, I specifically have highlighted. Nelson says um, people want to go 105 miles an hour, as you talked earlier, just getting a little bit yep. better return. And he says they would do well to spend their energy instead on controlling the environment in which they fly. That's what IBC allows us to do is to control the environment. <laughs> the second piece there is at the end, um, it starts in parentheses, he says, there are many financial gurus out there who are praising the matter of getting out of debt, but they never address this fact. This fact that he's talking about is the headwind tailwind that you just so um, effectively explained for people. That is so important for us to understand that, especially for me coming from a cash only kind of Dave Ramsey uh, background, the fact that that I that we were paying saving up and paying cash for things, we were killing that compounding interest. We were where there was no headwind and no tailwind. We were just going 100 miles an hour. And I can tell you, when we get to the place where you start doing the tailwind, it is phenomenal. It is. Mike, any final comments that you have on this uh, problem section before we wrap up? Well, I'm, I'm going to read the, uh, the last paragraph in this section. It says, somehow or another, it never dawns on most financial gurus that you can control the financial environment in which you operate. Perhaps it is caused by the lack of imagination, but whatever the cause, learning to control it is the most profitable thing that you can do over a lifetime. So one last comment is, 
if you think about a 30-year mortgage, and you just touched on that a second ago, if you look at the interest that you pay on a mortgage, and let's just say we bought one house in our lifetime, and and we paid on that thing over the 30 years, what is the overall cost of that house? And I'm going to use a simple example. If you bought a $100,000 house, and you did a three a 30 day or a 30 year mortgage you're going to spend approximately give or take 10 or 20 thousand dollars right around 300 thousand dollars on that house so if there was a way where we could create a system and you could control the environment and you got the 200 thousand dollars back in your pocket would you want to know about it a hundred percent so i'm going to go back to the uh, the very first thing that you shared, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? We ask people all the time, do you want to get well in your financial journey? Because most people are not well. And that's what we do is we create a system we come alongside them because most financial gurus only call when they've got something to sell them. What we do is we come alongside families, business owners, individuals, and we coach them through many, many facets of their plan because it is always changing. And it is super fun and super exciting when we get to experience uh, some of the victories that people get when they see what infinite banking can do in their lives. Thanks, Mike. Um, I think it's pretty amazing. It, it Maybe one of the only times I've ever seen you teach through the problem where you sat down the entire time because <laughs> you get excited and we know we got to keep you on camera so people can see you, but I've never seen you teach that sitting down the whole time. <laughs> oh. Good stuff. Hey, Hard. listeners, thanks, thanks for joining us. Um, the next section of Nelson's book that we're going to dig into is on page 19. It's called Creating a Bank Like the One, the Ones You Already Know About. So we're starting to uh, slowly uh, uh, peel the onion and, uh, and explain more and more of the details of this. Thanks for mm -hmm. joining us. Um, for more information, more resources, or if you want to reach out to us and, and uh, chat about your situation and learn more about IBC, uh, check out lifesuccesslegacy.com, our website. We've got lots of podcasts there, uh, lots of resources. And if you don't have a copy of either Becoming Your Own Banker or The Case for IBC, um, we have opportunities for you to purchase one on our website. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time.